page Uh, go ahead and turn to page nine. Page
God. Does anyone have a special this evening? Maybe I have a little bit of a different 
today this evening with a testimony. Anybody else?
Nobody is. All right. I am going to tell you, I've changed a couple different times here, so open your Bible to the book of John, chapter 20. Spend just a little bit of time this evening talking about our blessing or our blessing in one aspect. You would stand, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will just get into the reading and continue on. But John chapter 20. Father, tonight we thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, dear God, for your ability, your presence and the ability that you've given us to be in your house. Lord, I thank you again tonight for the ability to read the word. Father, I thank you for the privilege of speaking on it. And I pray, dear God, that your will would be done in my life and the lives of these that are here. God, help us to realize how valuable we are to you and what a blessing you are to us. Dear God, I praise you and I thank you, Father, in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this evening. I want to talk about Thomas tonight, not in the question that he asked, but rather in the answer that he received. Verse 24, chapter 20 of the book of John 24 says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other's disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see his, in his hands the prints of the nails, and put my finger into the prints of the nails, and thus thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. For after eight days, excuse me, and after eight days again his disciples were with him, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, Jesus, the door being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he unto Thomas, then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, thy hand and thrust into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Now look at this. And Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. I'm so glad tonight for all the things that we, and just kind of playing again from this morning, just repeating to this. But in everything that I've not seen that they did see, yet being able to see it through the Bible, I believe it. Jesus was telling Thomas that Thomas, because he beheld the hands of Christ and because he thrust his hand into the side of Christ, all of a sudden he was a believer. But you and I who have not touched the hand of Christ, who have not thrust into the side of Christ and yet you and I, we believe still nonetheless. And again, it goes back to the reading of the Word of God. It goes back to the anointing of the Holy Ghost. As Sister Donna, you said plainly, you've not seen him as we talked in the physical this morning, but yet you have the substance and you have the evidence in your life. You and I this evening, we're blessed beyond all measure because in knowing that we've not seen and beheld in physical form 
yet in the spiritual form, I, I would say this, maybe we are more blessed than what they, we want to think about sometimes because I'll be honest with you, when I think about the opportunity to have walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus, uh, uh, slept somewhere on the seashore next to Jesus, to broke bread with Jesus, uh, uh, maybe to gone down there, maybe they went fishing with Jesus. I don't know. They had to eat sometime, you know. The scriptures talk about a few times. But there had to be sometimes they, they ate and maybe they was catching their fish and maybe sitting there on the side of the shore there uh, fishing there or maybe out in the boat fishing there with Jesus and just having a conversation there. And yet we know this, that in all of these things there, they had such troubles in still believing and following and keeping committed to the end. When Christ was crucified, we have in one scripture, it says, Peter said, I, I go fishing. Now think about that for a second. Do you think he wasn't heartbroken? He wasn't discouraged? Maybe a little troubled? Upset with himself? I, I, I mean, just think about the Apostle Paul going along all this time, persecuting, prosecuting the church, destroying the church, and then has a one-on-one -on -one encounter with Jesus on the way to Damascus there. And, and, and Paul, after having done all of that, finally realizes how right and true and promising he was. And you and I have this whole word of God. Reading it from, I, I mean, just think about it. They didn't have in the beginning God. It wasn't that, I mean, it's not that they didn't have the Old Testament in some ways, but, but we got it put together. We don't have to wait for a priest to get up on some Saturday morning or Sunday morning or whenever it was they got to go to the house of God. And, and, and by the way, the disciples were daily praying in the temple of God. We, didn't have, we don't have to wait for that. We can get up and read it ourselves. In the midnight hour, if we can't go to sleep, we can open our Bible and read it. In the wee morning hours of the morning, if we wake up early, we can get up and we can read it. If we're having a hard time in the middle of the day, we can open up our Bible and we can read it. And why do we do all of that? Because blessed are they that have not seen and yet still believe. And the blessing of knowing who my Lord and Savior is. You know... How many of you, you can read something and start to imagine what it is? You just start kind of getting a picture. You, you don't know for sure, but I mean, there's a picture of what it would be like. Or, you know, and, and you read the Bible and you think about this. I, I can just, you know, at times, and I, and I guess maybe I, I look at a lot of the other examples, but I just think about how Moses must have felt. And I don't know if we'll have to have that other infant on or not. But how Moses must have felt. Dealing with the people for all that time. And he finally got so mad that when God said, go down there and speak to the rock, Moses gets up there. And I can just see anger on his face. I can see disgust on his face because he's mad at them. He's disgusted with them. He can't believe they can't trust God after all that God has already done. And here he is, led, led them out of Egypt by the hand of God, by the power of God, by the spirit of God, by the will of God, by the plan of God. I mean, it's just laid out there. And now he has to get water from a rock because they're all murmuring. I can see Moses' face there, even though I don't know what Moses looked like. 
I can't see Jesus' face. I don't know what he looks like, but I can see Jesus. There's just something about reading the word of God and seeing what it says and understanding in my heart what it is to be a child of God and how much love that God has for me, which, by the way, I still couldn't measure how, but it's there. But something tells me that he's got a face that smiles like nobody else's smile. He's got a warming love in his heart like nobody else has. I mean, just think about it. Here's Jesus sitting somewhere and the children are trying to come to him. There's a draw that's going on like nobody else knows. I mean, you, you think about it this way. How many of you ever watched the movie The Santa Claus with Tim Allen? He's just sitting there on a park bench. All of a sudden, a bunch of kids start coming up and talking to him. They all think he's Santa Claus, which, you know, in the movie he is. Zach, go ahead and take it back off. I got news for the devil. We'll figure we'll figure this out. We'll make it work. He's sitting there, and here comes all these kids. I have a feeling that when we see Jesus, if it was to be able to be a line, we would just know it's Jesus and start lining up. There's something about him that draws men unto him. As I was saying, just to look, but think about this, the warmth of his voice must have been something special. Whenever you start to think about this, that, that he had a warmth of his voice that was demanding to the adult, was commanding. And when I say that, it, it, it showed who he was. It, it had power in behind it. But yet when he spoke, he was so loving and so warm in his attitude that children weren't afraid of him. You start to think about how blessed we are. You know, the Bible, or the song says, count your blessings Name them one by one. Could we really stand up and start counting our blessings? I mean, we all would start with God. We're salvation. Reach out the next to our spouse, our children, grandchildren, moms, dads, nieces, nephews. I mean, blessing after blessing. We we would calculate our finances and our homes and our cars and the ability to get up and eat breakfast this morning, the ability to eat lunch this afternoon, and maybe some dinner tonight. Uh, we could just go through this. Count your blessings. Padded shoes instead of hard shoes. Air conditioning instead of no air conditioning. Heat instead of no heat. I mean, just think about it this way. Brother Don, you didn't have to come in the middle of the winter time, get the wood-burning stove going, get that old pot belly hot so we could come in and sit and comfort. They used to do that, though. But can I tell you, they did it because they loved God so much. The God in whom they would not seen in the physical, although knowing him spiritually, they were not afraid to do the things that needed to be done in order to have a service dedicated toward God. I don't know. Anybody ever worked around a pump organ? 
I've watched those movies where they got the old pump organ. You know, you know what I always noticed on those movies with the pump organ? If it was on the other side of the wall or if it had the side panels there, there was always a young man on the end of that pumping away. I'd watch some movies where they got to fighting over who was going to get to pump the organ. I don't know if it was because they wanted to be out of sight or if they just thought it was such a joy to get in there and do it. But there was a time when coming to church was a joy, a privilege. And it wasn't, I mean, just think about it this way. It wasn't just simply the simple things. I mean, after all, they, didn't, they couldn't drive to one another's farms every day and, and see one another. So there was a joy of getting together. I talked about fellowship this morning. There was a joy of, of coming there and, and hearing what the preacher said. There used to be towns that didn't have a preacher regular or churches, so they had a circuit preacher, and he'd come by uh, once a month there, or however the rotation worked out. And so one Sunday you might have a Baptist, and the next Sunday you might have a Methodist, and the next Sunday um, whatever comes through there, uh, free will might have come through there. But anyways, they'd come through there, and if the preacher didn't come by, they had a man who would stand up there. They called him the Sunday school leader a lot of times. same for him as they did anybody else because it was all about the Jesus that had not seen but knew. When you back up, it says, it starts out, and we always go back over into the book of John chapter 14 when Thomas said, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Had ye known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. And then we get over here, and Thomas says, except... Now think about this. It wasn't very many chapters over. I don't know the number of days. The Bible was not written in a day's time. This might have been weeks later. It might have been months later. I don't know how long it was till we got to this point in time there. Uh, and maybe somebody can calculate it up there and read through there. But, but as the time of seasoning was there, we get to the point there that Jesus has done been crucified. Uh, Thomas is saying, I don't believe it, uh, that he's alive because I haven't seen him alive. And yet Jesus tells him, blessed are they that have not seen and still believe. But it said Thomas called Didymus was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, now, now look at this. The other disciples, men he had been around, men whom he trusted in, men who had experienced the same things that he had experienced and gone through the same things that he was going through in the absence of Jesus and in the death there. And Thomas is not there, but the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. If I put my place in Thomas's shoes for a moment, not as Thomas, but just being there with Thomas, I would like to think I would have said when and where 
can I? I want to see him too. But not Thomas. Can I tell you something? Thomas, he had a hard road. He gets picked on all the time. But may I remind us all tonight that the Bible says that these were all examples. Thomas was an example to you and I. Because you know what? There are some people out there who say, you know what? If I can't touch it, I don't believe it. Except I shall see his hands, the print of nails, and put my finger into the print of nails. Not just, not just enough to see now. I want to touch. Think about this. And put my fingers into the print of nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. Now, numbers are a very vital part of Scripture. And the Bible says in the 26th verse, and after eight days. Now, is it necessary to tell us how long it was from the time that the disciples talked to Jesus and told Thomas to the time that Jesus came? The number eight is the number of what? New beginnings. Thomas was fixing to get woke up. He was fixing to have a new beginning, a new, a new look and a new way of life. And, and the Bible really doesn't tell us much about Thomas after this. I mean, we, we pick on him so much for what he said and what he did. But, but the truth of the matter is this. Thomas was a great example for you and I. And what a beginning we have in our lives when we finally realize this, that we walk by faith and not by sight. And yet in so doing, we still have the ability to hear and handle and see the word of God. And to see God through the word and to see Christ through the word and to handle the preciousness of him. And understanding in this aspect here, while Thomas was saying these things and we pick on him, he was really being a great help to you and I. Because now we know for sure. The disciples were there, and the Bible says, and Thomas knew this, and we should know this, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Well, we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. By the way, that's four witnesses written down of the life, death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Four. That's why we call it the four Gospels. But then we've also got this, and that we've got an entire Bible. We've got 66 books of the Bible to tell us about God's love. That's like a choir full. Lest I see with my eyes. What did God say about his word? He, he had this 
in his word that he said that he had blinded the eyes of them lest they should see and believe. Lest they should hear and be converted. When you and I see and we hear, we've been converted. Unlike Thomas, think about it this way, unlike Thomas, we would like to think that when we heard the word, it, it just, at some point in time, our eyes was open. Thomas had the testimony of the disciples saying, we've seen him. Like I said, I would like to think that I would say, where, when, where's he now? I mean, I want to see him. But on the same aspect, we also know this, that there are a lot of people out there just like Thomas. And can I tell you tonight that you and I are the representation of Jesus Christ in this life. The testimony of God. Let your light so shine. I've used this verse a lot late, but I'm just telling you, it's a fact verse that needs to be carried out. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew 5, 16 is written to you and I so that we will show them who he is and that they will see him and not us. So we're a lot like Thomas. After eight days, again, his disciples was in and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the door being shut and stood in the midst and said, I like this. Peace be unto you. Can I tell you that he could have showed up and Thomas being there, he could have simply said, Thomas, what's wrong with you? Didn't I tell you just a few days back, a few weeks back, whatever it might have been, didn't, didn't I tell you that now that you've seen me, you've seen God? You know how to get to heaven now. But Thomas was there in just the same as any other time. Jesus didn't pick out one. Instead, he just spoke to all when he started up. But he said, peace be unto you. Hey, I know not everybody here believes, he said. But let's just put things where they need to be. I love you all. Real simplistic answer, isn't it? Then he saith unto Thomas. Thomas didn't tell him anything, right? He already knew. So he told Thomas what to do. Reach out, Thomas. Touch. Feel. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. It's not polite to point, they say. But could you just get a picture of Christ? If he could open up the windows there, or maybe there was a window in the room. I don't know. The door was shut. He stood in the midst. I don't know anything else about it. 
but maybe Jesus had, had a way to where he could walk somewhere and he would just say, blessed are they. Pointing ahead in time to you and me. Who have not seen and yet still believe. Church, we're blessed beyond measure. Not by the abundance of what we have. But by the abundance of who we have. If you want to count your many blessings and name them one by one, could we just say this? The Bible says there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are would you stand with us this evening? Lord, we're thankful tonight for your blessings and we're thankful, Father, for your love and your mercy and your grace. Thanking you, Lord, tonight for the ability to be in your house and the opportunity, Lord, to speak your word. Father, help me tonight to continue to do that which you'd have me to do and be that which you'd have me to be. Father, help us as a church to grow. Father, in love and grace, Lord, illustrating you to those around us. Father, I pray tonight, touch the hearts of each one here, Lord. You know the needs of everyone. And we ask you, Father, give us the ability to carry out your will daily. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Amen. Anything